This is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. As we barrel headfirst into December and all that comes with it, I wanted to backtrack this month and take a few moments in the Bible leading up to Jesus' appearance. I'm talking about John the Baptist. I posted a short clip a week or so back about how underrated the life of John is. I think it's important to understand some background of this man and his role in preparing the way for Jesus' entry into the world. Let me begin by reading in Luke 1 about the miraculous conception of John, beginning in verses 5 through 25. During the reign of King Herod the Great of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah who served in the temple as part of the priestly order of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also from a family of priests and was a descendant of Aaron. They were both righteous before God, living virtuously and following the commandments of the Lord blamelessly. But they were childless since Elizabeth was barren, and now they were both quite old. One day, Zachariah's priestly order was on duty, and he was serving as priest. He was chosen by the casting of lots, according to the custom, so that the honor fell on Zechariah to enter the holy place and burn incense before the Lord. A large crowd of worshipers had gathered to pray outside the temple at an hour when the incense was being offered. All at once an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing just to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was startled and overwhelmed with fear, but the angel reassured him, saying, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God is showing grace to you, for I have come to tell you that your prayer for a child has been answered. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to name him John. His birth will bring you much joy and gladness. Many will rejoice because of him, and he will be one of the greats in the sight of God. He will drink no wine or strong drink, but he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even while still in his mother's womb. And he will persuade many in Israel to convert and turn back to the Lord their God. He will go before the Lord as a forerunner with the same power and anointing as Elijah the prophet. He will be instrumental in turning hearts of the fathers in tenderness back to their children and the hearts of the disobedient back to the wisdom of their righteous fathers. And he will prepare a united people who are ready for the Lord's appearing. Zechariah asked the angel, How do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man, and my wife is too old to give me a child. What sign can you give me to prove this will happen? Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand beside God himself. He has sent me to announce this good news. But now, since you did not believe my words, you will be stricken silent and unable to speak until the day my words have been fulfilled at their appointed time and a child is born to you. That will be your sign. Meanwhile, the crowds outside kept expecting him to come out. They were amazed over Zachariah's delay, wondering what could have happened inside the sanctuary. When he finally did come out, he tried to talk, but he couldn't speak a word. And they realized from his gestures that he had seen a vision while in the holy place. He remained mute as he finished his days of priestly ministry in the temple and then went back to his home. 
Soon afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and went into seclusion for the next five months. With joy, she exclaimed, How kind it is of God to gaze upon me and take away the disgrace of my barrenness. Shortly after this, an angel visits Elizabeth's cousin, Mary, to announce, The Lord has found a light in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy, and you are to name him Jesus. Afterward, Mary arose and hurried off to the hill country of Judea, to the village where Zechariah and Elizabeth lived. Arriving at their home, Mary entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the moment she heard Mary's voice, the baby within Elizabeth's womb jumped and kicked, and suddenly Elizabeth was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit, and in a loud voice she began to prophesy with power. Hey guys, Christmas is quickly approaching and I've got ideas for you. It is called the Journal the Word Bible. Now, they have all kinds of editions and versions, but my favorite right now is the reference edition. As someone who loves to study the Bible, it makes it so much more enjoyable to have a good reference, to have commentary and people that have researched and have it all written out so that you don't lose your spot and you're really going deep in what you are studying. So if you're interested in a reference edition or any edition for teens or girls or men or even large print, Journal the Word has what you are looking for. This holiday season, go check them out at journaltheword.com or visit your local Christian bookstore. So you see, John and Jesus' births not only overlap, but they are parallel in the fact that both of them are miraculous. Talk about unexpected. Elizabeth is an elderly and barren woman, and Mary, a young virgin. But God had great plans for these women and the precious sons they would bring into the world. The very moment Mary entered Elizabeth's home and she heard her voice. John leapt within her womb. Holy Spirit fell and both Elizabeth and her unborn child felt the presence of the Messiah, even while he was within Mary's womb. From the very moment since birth, John was prophesied over and raised, knowing it was he who would fulfill prophecy as the one to usher in the New Testament. This is significant for many reasons. One, John is the first prophetic voice to rise up in Israel in over 400 years. His birth is not only the fulfillment of prophecy, but it will also become the link between the Old and the New Testament. See, up until this moment, the people of Israel have been practicing under the Old Testament law given to Moses after the great exodus out of Egypt. Now, under this old covenant, the people must make sacrifices and perform rituals using appointed priests like Zechariah to make atonements to God on their behalf. John's birth means that this is all coming to an end. He is born to prepare the way to soften hearts and announce the Messiah is coming and the new covenant with him. After several hours of research, I can promise this. John's life 
is the ultimate poetic introduction to Jesus. To save time, I am going to give you all highlights today on the greatly underrated John the Baptist. We'll just call it my personal list of lessons taken from his unexpected life. The first thing is this. John was set apart. He knew that he was set apart since birth. He didn't run or rebel from the idea of this. Indeed, he set the course of his life on a path that honored this great commissioning. Luke 180 says this of John after his birth. Afterward, their son grew up and was strengthened by the Holy Spirit, and he grew in his love for God. John chose to live in the lonely wilderness until the day came when he was to be displayed publicly to Israel. Guys, he literally chose to live in the wilderness. Many of the Gospels document his life and share that not only did he choose to separate himself from the world, but he also forsook comforts. He wore camel hair tied around himself with a leather strap. He ate locusts and wild honey. What's the point, you may ask? Well, in all honesty, what I'm trying to get across to you is that John would have been considered an odd guy. This may have been thousands of years ago, but you have to realize even then it would have been kind of strange for a man to choose to live out in the desert by himself wearing camel hide and living off bugs and honey. <laughs> I have to tell you, this life of isolation probably came at a huge price. The price of living in the world and enjoying what it had to offer. Fellowship, community, at the expense of a lot of rejection and loneliness and even mockery. But he chose it. What strength of character. Do you know what else this tells me? He probably spent all that time separate from everyone else so he could keep his gaze on God. Don't you think it's easier in the quiet of the desert to hear God's voice and remember your role that it would be in the roar of the world? Not only do I think that John's character was strong, but I also think that he was wise beyond his years. He separated himself so that he may be prepared for his calling. Here's the other part of it. Not only was John sure of who he was, and not only did John know the role that he was to play, but he was the forerunner to the salvation of the world. He laid down his own comfort. He laid down opportunities for community and fellowship, and instead, he boldly preached against the world. He called out religious hypocrites, and he risked looking like an actual crazy person to prepare the way. It's why he was born, and he never wavered from his role. He could have. By the time Jesus entered the scene in his adult years, John had built up quite a name and a following. He had his own disciples. And as Jesus approached while John was baptizing people in the Jordan River, John's own disciples pointed and said, Who is that? And John says, Behold, the Lamb of God. And his disciples left him to follow Jesus. Do you know what John didn't do? He didn't make it about himself. He didn't ask his disciples to come back and follow him. Why? Because that's not why he came. He knew his role. He knew his ministry, and his ministry wasn't about him. It wasn't even about the way that it made him feel to do the work of God. No, it was about pointing the world to the Messiah. 
Here's one more fascinating fact, and I will try to wrap all of this up. See, nothing in the Bible is ever coincidence. Do you know the place where John was baptizing people? It was a place called Bethany, which many believe was the place of the crossing of the Jordan River. Now, this can be quickly overlooked if you don't know the historical significance. But you see, this was the very place that the people of God crossed over into the promised land. It is the place of crossing from old to new, from death to life, from the Old Testament to the new. This place near the Mount of Olives where Jesus goes on to pray before his crucifixion, the place where he would ascend to heaven a few short years later and one day he will return again. Oh, what a stunning picture of hope. Doesn't God do fine work using the unexpected? He uses barren women to have prophet sons who live set apart, wild, and some may even say a bit crazy. But the truth is, John wasn't crazy. He was a man who knew his role, and he never strayed from it. He led the way. He becomes a link in history to the most important moments since or ever again. He ushers in the hope of the world. As we enter into the holiday season, my prayer is that each of you will remember, too, that God loves to use the unexpected. And in fact, He has always called you. He chose you before the beginning of time to live where you live, in the family you're in, in the city you reside, with the gifts and the skills that you have, to live with purpose. You know deep down He did. And maybe, just maybe, we'll all be brave enough to live set apart like John to point the way to Jesus. Lord knows the world needs hope. And the truth is, we have it. Guys, I love you. And I will see you back again next week. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share this show with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark. 